to another episode of The Hidden World of Women, um, brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. I am Melanie Robson, your hostess again for today. Today I am joined by a wonderful new guest. Her name is Till Heidke. Um, Till will be talking today about stillbirth, uh, miscarriage, uh, pregnancy loss, New, the loss of a new, newborn baby. Till is a bereaved parent herself and she also now works, well works, in the area of um, stillbirth and pregnancy loss. She's the WA State Co- Coordinator of SANS, um, which support women and families going through uh, those experiences. So thank you so much, Till, for coming on today and being part of our podcast. Thank you so much, Melanie. Very appreciative. No worries. Um, so I guess this is a emotive kind of um, area, and given that we're the name of this podcast is the Hidden World of Women, uh, and a, an area such as this, or a topic such as this of pregnancy loss, stillbirth, some really heavy duty, you know, loss through um, failed IVF, as we were, we were just talking before, before the podcast um, started, that these are subjects um, that are kind of fraught, I suppose, and fraught with grief and. Misunderstanding and also perhaps the the hiding of those experiences uh, from other people, kind of thing. Hence, this being the hidden world of women, we really wanted to go into some really challenging subjects. So, on that note, Till, would you like to share like your any of your journey and experience through stillbirth? So you lost your baby daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I suppose my uh, speaking specifically about the stillbirth, although as many women know, mm. there's usually not a, a standalone loss event. There is a, usually, well, not usually, but there can be um, certainly more complicated and more complex um, uh, than, than one loss, or, or uh, mm. there, there can be multiple miscarriages, there mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. fertility issues, there can be um, yep. uh, termination for medical reasons or terminations mm-hmm. for lifestyle, uh, stillbirths. Um, loss of multiple pregnancies in terms mm. of um, twins or triplets, mm. um, neonatal death, um, birth trauma and things like that. Yeah. So uh, we do categorise it all um, in the one cloud of pregnancy loss, stillbirth, newborn death, but there are all always those different aspects mm. of um, mm. this type of grief and this type of loss that come that we see and that, that pertain to a lot of um, women as well. So yeah. for me personally... Um, uh, I had a, I've had multiple miscarriages. I've had a termination. I've had an ectopic pregnancy, which mm-hmm. was um, probably um, actually the most uh, criti- critical emergency mm-hmm. um, health-wise. Would you, would you, sorry to interrupt. Would you mind explaining to anyone who's listening what an ectopic pregnancy is? Yeah, no problem, <laughs> Melody. Um, yeah. An ectopic pregnancy is when the pregnancy doesn't um, form in the womb, so it's not in the correct place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of where mine was, mine was in my fallopian tube. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was pregnant and um, that was brilliant, not a problem, but before you go for your scans mm-hmm. and, and um, have a, have your regular hospital or GP visits, um, there's, a, there's a time there before you do that. So you know you're pregnant, but you're not actually Sure. Um, had been checked, uh, had been checked, or baby's position hadn't been checked. So you're assuming everything's fine. So you yeah, just absolutely assuming it's fine. You have the um, your your body is pregnant, so you have all of those pregnancy symptoms as well. So you just presume that sure. everything is okay. Um, what happened in my particular situation was I 
felt very off one night. My body felt very fatigued, um, very sore. All my joints and my shoulders were so, so sore. And um, I just put it down to whatever. <laughs> I had sat funny on, on furniture or I had been on the computer too much or something like that. And you, you'd, you'd, had, you'd been pregnant before, yes. before that, so you kind of, this was a different experience. Yes, I actually already had two living children right. by, that, by this point. So I, I knew mm. what, what pregnancy was and, and, and the symptoms you get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going to bed early. I was starting to go, to go and lie mm. down. And my, my, my body's aching. So I went, I went to sleep and then and I woke up and I, I actually couldn't move. Um, it was really distressing, but not only could I not move, I couldn't breathe properly. And I got one of my children to come in who got up very early and, and I mm-hmm. called her into the bed. I said, could you please call, call someone for me? Mm-hmm. So they called because um, th- at the time the uh, baby's father was not, mm-hmm. um, he was at work. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, can you call someone? Get me the phone. Mm-hmm. So she she got the phone for me, and I, I spoke to to someone to come and get me. Um, mm-hmm. And they were concerned because I had shoulder pain. I had acute shoulder pain, which oh. to me at the time didn't ring. <laughs> that was the least of my problems, quite frankly. Did they think like, that was hard? Um, well, it, what what I later learned was that shoulder pain can be an indicator of internal bleeding. So I didn't, I didn't know that, but um, I was, that didn't know that. I was more worried at the time that I couldn't breathe. <laughs> um, you know, you can't Terrifying. get that depth of breath. Mm-hmm. It was all very shallow. Um, anyway, I went to the emergency room mm-hmm. and um, was was put in, and it still took a while for them to actually give me a scan. So they knew I was pregnant, but um, I think as a lot of women, maybe they can uh, relate. It was I felt quite stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I knew that around me there was a lot of other people going through a lot of different, um, a lot of different experiences that were, that that to me seemed to be a bigger priority. So I was like, well, no, I'm in the right place. I'm in the hospital. So, I'll someone will look at me. Someone someone will help me out. Um, needless to say, my symptoms didn't uh, subside. And mm-hmm. after probably after many hours of waiting, they finally took me in for a scan. And as soon as they put the scan on, they knew that um, I had severe abdominal bleeding, that right. my fallopian tube had burst um, in the night and and that was um, causing the blood to be in my abdomen and that was, was what was causing all of my symptoms. Right. How many weeks were you? Um, I think I was around eight weeks, eight mm-hmm. or nine weeks with that. Geez, so really early on but already the little... Um fetus at that age was an embryo I always get those confused it was already obviously growing and bursting out of the fallopian tube yeah, yeah which just, can be life-threatening yeah absolutely yeah. it's it's um it can be life-threatening as well yeah. um okay and so I was taken into the, you know, the the hospital into the wards and um I had surgery later that evening to remove the um to remove baby mm-hmm. and remove my fallopian tube because it's so it's damaged beyond beyond repair. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, how did you comprehend what was happening in those few hours once once they worked out what was happening? I mean, that must have been like a tidal wave of I don't know shock and confusion and what does this mean and what's happening and is baby okay? Am I okay? Like, oh, once the diagnosis of an ectopic pregnancy, yeah. you know that the baby cannot survive yeah. that. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I think the feeling that I had, particularly in that mm -hmm. scenario, and it, and I and I do really want to reiterate that this is just my personal experience mm -hmm. and that my personal feelings. Mm -hmm. Other people that have gone through the same thing will react differently. Yeah. But in that moment, I was in so much pain mm -hmm. that I just physical pain, physical pain right. that I just was happy to have a diagnosis. Yeah. I was happy that there was a remedy. Mm. And even though it meant that this pregnancy wasn't going to progress, yeah. it meant that, that there, there was a solution to my to this problem, to this life-critical problem that was happening yeah. right now. Yeah. So I think, yes, I was sure. – I grieved that pregnancy and I grieved that baby, sure. um, but I was also very thankful for yeah. the medical intervention that I got at the time. Mm. To be and and that the, the intervention that I got was such that it means that um, I can continue on. Uh, I can still have my fertility. Mm -hmm. I can I can recover from this. Yeah. This is just a a, a process mm -hmm. now that I I need to get through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very telling, I suppose, that you were in so much pain that it's kind of just please just do what you need to to. End the pain, even though I know what this means and that's inevitable kind of thing, but it, it sounds just excruciating and very difficult to comprehend having – I've not gone through something like that, but that sounds yeah, kind of mind-blowing in, in, a, in a way. Yeah. It is. I think when, you, when you're in that moment and, and I, mm. you don't get that kind of pain mm. often where, you're, mm -hmm. where you really think – and I, this makes sense, but I called it like a white light pain. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. you know, when you close your eyes and you just, I will, I don't think my body can take much more of this. Yeah. Um. So as I said, I was actually relieved to, mm. to know that um, there was a way that this pain could stop, and that um, yeah. even though it meant that the baby was was had died, mm -hmm. um, there was also nothing I could do about that. There was also right. no um, right. um way to save baby. It's like no. The, the, the baby is not going to survive mm -hmm. at all. So I think in terms of, you know, if there's a choice, is mm. there a choice? Like, well, there's, no, there's no choice. Yeah. This is this is what's happened and if, this is what you need to do now so that you can get better. Yeah. And it was like, well, yes, please. Can, yes. I, can I have that? I'll take yes. that option. Thanks. Yeah. Well, what, what happened after that, after you went through that, the, the, the days, the weeks, the months or the hours after that? Well, after it, the surgery? interestingly, um, uh, we had – the doctor come in and I was so I was coming off of the, the general anesthetic mm -hmm. and he came in and he he just told me oh, that the operation went well and and mm -hmm. yep it's all good you're all good you're all better and, and it's just a keyhole oh, it's yes. a keyhole surgery that they do so it's not um it's not too invasive mm -hmm. um but he's still groggy afterwards and mm -hmm. still in pain but he came in and um he gave me four photos and he said, "Oh, there's your there's your baby," <laughs> oh, okay. and I just wasn't expecting it. That's I just absolutely. I just didn't know. I actually didn't know how to I didn't react. Expect you to say that to so. that. <laughs> yeah. And I took the photos, and, I, and in that moment, I actually remember feeling um, just really taken back. Mm. Oh, I I didn't know what to do or to say, and mm. I actually didn't really want to look at the photos. Mm. I, I looked at them, and and they they registered. But I put them away, and I just didn't know that that was what I needed to see at that particular moment. Or mm. um, how do you think that could have been done differently by by the medical staff? Like, um, what would 
have been more useful for you? I think it, I think it was actually, in hindsight, really wonderful that they, they did that, that they took some photos for me. I think maybe um, a better way to do it would have been to put them in an envelope where I couldn't see them yep. and I could then choose to yeah. pull them out and have a look at them yeah. um, instead of just handing it to me while I'm coming out of anaesthetic. Oh, out of anaesthetic perfect. Yeah, yes, so I think that maybe that would have been a little bit a little bit more appropriate for, for that situation. To have more choice, that's sort of what was bringing to mind for me yeah. as well, with A, whether you wanted them, B, you choosing the time to go there if you wanted to go there kind of thing. Mm. But I didn't realise they even did that, that they took photos. And... I don't know that they... I don't know that it's a common thing, to yeah. be honest. I haven't spoken to a lot of other women that have had mm. endotopic pregnancies. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if it's a common thing mm. or if um, it, was just that it was just that particular um, medical professional that, that did yeah. that. And as I said, it was it was actually quite a – it was actually quite a nice thing. I could see the, the mm. compassion behind what they were doing. Mm. But, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't know it at that particular moment that I, <laughs> that I was in any fit state to, so, to have that put in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you still have those photos? Honestly, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I never looked at them again. Right. Yeah. That Just... makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, if I went to look for them, I could probably find them. Yeah. But yeah. I have never gone yeah. to, to look for them again. Yeah. yeah. I remember what they look like. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. And so you falling pregnant after that, mm -hmm. what was that like? Um, I'm assuming you went on to have other... Yeah, so yeah. That the ectopic pregnancy was actually the pregnancy that was prior to, immediately prior to the pregnancy that ended up in the stillbirth of my daughter, Claudia. Mm -hmm. um, we were told that there would be a decrease in fertility because I now didn't have a fallopian sure, tube sure. connecting the ovary. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, we had decided to give a little bit of extra time mm -hmm. to, to falling pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, however, that we didn't need that extra time. Um, it, the body does pretty amazing things, so we yeah. were very lucky. And um, fertility has never been uh, an issue that I've had to mm. had to deal with. Um, yeah. So I've, I've been very lucky and very thankful for that. Mm. Um, we felt pregnant again uh, quite quickly after. Mm. Not quite quickly. We, we ha when you have a medical intervention, you do have to wait a certain amount of time. Right. Clearly, for the body to recover. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we, we waited that, that time and then um, started on uh, trying to conceive again. And as I say, conceived um, within the first few months, which was brilliant. Um, and my pregnancies up until that point had always, there had always been something with my pregnancies. So oh. in my first, with my first daughter, who's my first live child, mm -hmm. I had... Um, I keep calling it hyperhidrosis, but I don't know if that's actually the technical term. What it is basically is too much amniotic fluid. So wow. babies swimming around in a lot of fluid, and potentially it can be quite um, – uh, there could be complications at birth because mm. babies mm. can get wrapped up in the um, umbilical cord. Mm. With everything just free fluid. Yeah, and, yeah. and she definitely felt like she was around free fluid. <laughs> it was so painful like, oh, really? because they've got so much room. Usually they're con confined, oh, yes. and so they can only move their elbows and legs a little bit, especially at that end yeah. stage. Yes. But she had too much room, and she could still push Ooh. all her little legs and little arms out, and it was actually extremely painful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so that was for, yeah. for that pregnancy. That's what we um, that's mm -hmm. what I encountered there, and mm -hmm. in my second pregnancy. 
um, I had uh, a, a bleed throughout the entire pregnancy. They couldn't tell me where the um, where the source of that bleed was, but they kept reassuring me that it was not um, the womb, it was not coming mm-hmm. from the baby, but I was put on bed rest and mm-hmm. I was you know, made to, to sit down and yeah. just make sure that that pregnancy got to the end, yeah. um, which thankfully, very thankfully it did. Mm-hmm. And so we had two beautiful, uh, beautiful girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we were trying again. We thought we'll have a, a third. So... Um, as I say, we had the we tried and we had the ectopic, mm-hmm. and then we you know, were very lucky to fall pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And this pregnancy, finally, oh my god, it, it was my glossy oh. cover photo of the fitness pregnancy magazine. <laughs> pregnancy, I was so happy. Yeah. I had a little bit of morning sickness, mm-hmm. but it, it subsided, mm-hmm. which had never happened before. I'd usually had morning sickness the whole time. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of the perfect pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. through all of these terrible pregnancies yeah. I'd had before. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is finally, finally, <laughs> someone is giving me a break yes. and I have got this wonderful pregnancy going on. Yeah. You, know, like, you know, you're looking well and, you know, baby's brilliant and, you know. So you were feeling good. I was feeling really good mm. and I was able to, I know sometimes before when I had pregnancy, they had that pregnancy fog. Mm. But in this pregnancy, I was still very alert and, and still yeah. able to function and, yeah. and, you know, in my day-to-day life, which I didn't take for granted this yeah. time at all. Yeah, yeah. So um, we had, uh, yeah, we had all of our pre-op appointments. Mm-hmm. Everything was going great. We were using a, um, uh, 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 we are going through the private system this mm-hmm. time instead of going through the public because it was our last pregnancy and we had, you know, sure, why not? Yeah, we can, and so yeah. let's do that. Yeah, um, which meant I had really wonderful care. Not that I didn't have wonderful care before. I should really reiterate that it was mm. beautiful care all my, my whole pregnancies. But this one, you know, I had the care of um, uh, of a midwife and, and a doctor, and and they knew me, and it was all lovely. Um, the, the same midwife and the same doctor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's to be the difference between public and private sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So that continuity of care yes. with the one yes. practitioner. Which was just, I, I love that. <laughs> really, really Good enjoyed time. it. Yeah. Um, well, you build a relationship with them. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. And um, I went in for it must have been my thirty-week scan, mm-hmm. um, maybe even thirty-one weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone in, and um, my mum was actually with me at that scan, and we were they scanned baby um, just to, to get some measurements because you know, yeah. that's, that's what they do. Yeah. The baby was beautiful, mm. bouncing around, little girl, yep. brilliant. I was going to have three girls, yeah. girl gang, great. It's going to be just you know, work for me in our this family. This is a sisterhood that's going to work for me. I'm going to love it. <laughs> and um, so you're already, of course, picturing her, her life, your your future together as a family. You know, when we're, when we're pregnant, we're already kind of creating who that little being is. It's going to be and how they're fitting in already you know yeah. so that's already well underway and she's she had two living siblings already so yeah. I had two girls and they were yeah. enamored yeah. with her and my belly and you know you do that thing already where you're you're getting them to bond it'll be like yes. hey Cam, let's come and, come and feel come and feel baby kicking yeah. come and talk to baby you know if you read baby a story yeah they'll know your voice when yeah. they come out and yeah. she'll she'll you know have a connection with you already mm-hmm. you know so there was all of that going on mm-hmm. and, and that excitement of, oh, they're going to have another sister. It's going to be brilliant. It is exciting. 
yeah, it is. It's, it was wonderful, wonderful time. And then we'd gone in for this particular um, mm -hmm. scan and absolutely scanned perfectly. And the thing that I remember about that scan in particular was um, uh, Claudia was um, yawning. Mm -hmm. And so we'd um, had the ultrasound on my belly and she'd done this beautiful little yawn mm -hmm. and the, the, the doctor actually rewound the ultrasound tape and we just sat there and watched watch this little yawn over and over again and we're all like oh it's oh my god isn't that beautiful she's so oh my gosh she's so gorgeous yeah. and her little nose her little <laughs> all her fingers are you know, up in her ear and in her mouth and, yeah, <laughs> and fumbling around baby thing yes is that was that a 3d scan or one of the new is it three, you know the ones which are like just four dimensional you can when i had my son it was just the standard kind of ultrasound yeah. scans but now you can get all these more sophisticated it was, it was just the normal, just the normal, just the normal scan. Yeah. But I do know that you can get those extra scans yeah. now as well, which I would have loved. I've yeah. seen them as well. I'm like, oh no, I could have got those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was just a, a, a standard ultrasound. But it was enough. You know, you can see yes, those absolutely. beautiful little gestures that they do yeah. in utero, and and when they are in utero, they're you know their routine, you mm. know that who they are already, their mm. little personalities. If they're um, you know, if they're up all night partying in there <laughs> or if they like to stretch in the morning or if they like the music that you're listening to or what is it on the TV that you're watching that they're just um, doing some little flips to or they're just, you know, moving themselves around, getting comfortable. Yeah. You know, do they like it when you go and sit in the sun in the afternoon? Yeah. Um, so I think, you, you know, you, it, baby is in utero but baby's yeah, her baby's actually alive and she's a living conscious mm. thing for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that anticipation of waiting to see them in real life, yeah. uh, in your arms, but they are, are already real. And sort of engaging real. in the world, yeah, yeah through you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a very strong connection between between mum and baby. Mm. Um, so I'd gone for this um, this ultrasound and, as I say, it was just so, so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and my doctor was actually going away. She had booked her usual, you know, once a year holidays as doctors do when they've got to, um, you know, book them so so oh, yeah. long in advance yeah. so that they can work around their you know, patients and things that they need to see. So um, I was 31 weeks or whatever, and she was like, I'm going to be away for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll be back, yep. you know, for I think it was, she was going to be back for about 36 weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, look, um, if any, if if you happen to go into labour, mm -hmm. um, they'll take you to um, the tertiary hospital. Mm -hmm. They'll put baby on a, you know, they'll, they'll give baby some oxygen. Baby will be okay. You know, like yeah. they, they'll, you you'll be okay. Yeah. But don't, you know, nothing will happen anyway yeah. because we just we just need to tell you that just yeah. in case kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. So it, it was always a presumption that even if something happened, baby, you and baby are gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, but something's probably not gonna happen. Um. So anyway, I a week passed or whatever um and what actually happened was I was going um I was 32 weeks and I was waiting for 32 weeks on the dot mm -hmm. and I don't know why but I just really wanted to, that was the day and that was when I was going to go and get the nursery set up that was when I was going to go and buy the things because our two girls were a little bit older so we didn't have all those sure. small baby items that we needed to get we didn't have a bassinet and things like mm. that I thought now I'm, that that's when I'm going to that's when I'm going to let myself mm. do that. I'm mm. going to go full mum mode. I'm going to 
get all the things. I am going to be that lady. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks was just the number in your head. That was, that was... Yeah, it just was. And yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but what ended up happening was something that was extremely different. We had, um, I was on the couch the night before um, she passed away mm-hmm. and she was doing a lot of very big movements mm-hmm. and I didn't, no, I didn't think that there was anything to be concerned about with those movements. I didn't. There was no decrease in movements. Yeah. So in my head, I'm aware that you have to be aware of de- a decrease in movements. And yeah, that's when you sure. seek medical help. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that sometimes also an increase in movement or yeah. a, um, a more chaotic movement can also sometimes oh. indicate that there is yeah. um, something that needs to be checked out. So I was sitting there and, and I remember... Um, my my partner and I, and I said oh my god she's trying to get out like aliens you know like she yes pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where I was like oh girl mm. you're all right mm. and um wow. it's sort of because I've been pregnant before and and it may even be because of um the the uh, pregnancy with my first daughter mm. where I was so used to being pushed to the point of pain yeah, yeah. that it, it didn't even occur to me that yeah. that was a Maybe that could have been mm-hmm. could have been a distressing mm-hmm. signal. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, you need to you need to go to sleep now. Then yeah, you know, wrap it up. A busy day for everyone. Let's just have a little relax. Um, and that was fine. And and so you know, as you do, you rub your belly and everything's good. Um, I went to bed, and I. As, as you're meant to do, you, you sleep on your sides as mm-hmm. people, you know, what, what they tell you to do. So I had been doing that the whole time and I was sleeping on one side. And, and when you're at that gestation, mm-hmm. you're usually getting up to go to the bathroom a fair bit. Yes, you are. Um, so you have a couple of hours sleep if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. You get it's very broken, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, we I, I had that kind of sleep where I, I, I went to sleep and then, a few hours later, I woke up and, and went to the bathroom, and uh, she she wasn't moving, but that wasn't unusual. Mm. You know, I, I've been asleep, and she would sleep too, so I, I wouldn't expect her to to suddenly wake up. Mm. And then I went back to bed, and I turned on the other side, and I, I remember noting that she must be asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, not not alarmed, but just noting that. And then I woke up, uh, and maybe not even an hour later. And I went to the bathroom again and and it sort of, I, I can only say it like maybe, you know, when the horses are at the gate mm-hmm. and it's like you're anticipating something. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, oh, I really hope this is not what I think it is because that doesn't happen to people, does it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. no that doesn't happen to me. That but the thought crossed your mind. That's interesting. That something on some level, perhaps. Yeah, and I think when you when you have that mm. that instinct mm. or mm-hmm. that feeling, when there's just a little something that's not quite right. Yeah. And you're like, no, it can't be. It can't be that. No, it's not that. It's just me. It's either me overreacting. Mm-hmm. Baby's just asleep. Yeah. It's. There are a million other explanations, surely, not that one. Don't yeah. don't think that. That's yeah. don't think that's gonna happen. Let's just let's 
pretty normal. Pretty normal to talk yourself through that. Yeah, exactly. You're giving yourself that self dialogue of yes. Let's just let's just calm down here. Yeah, let's not panic. Don't mm -hmm. hit panic stations. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just see how things go. And I remember going back into bed and laying awake and waiting. And I, I had my hand, my one hand on the top of my stomach where mm -hmm. I knew her legs were, mm -hmm. and the hand on the bottom of my stomach where her shoulders would be, mm -hmm. and just going and just waiting, mm -hmm. just absolutely waiting for her to move. Mm -hmm. And any any movement that I thought I felt, I would I would push to see if there was a counter movement. Mm -hmm. You know, oh maybe, maybe she's wait, okay, wake wake her up a bit mm -hmm. more, like bang on bang on her little feeties. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just never came. It just never did it. Uh, she just she just never moved. And from from that point, I think I went into shock. And mm -hmm. so I was laying in bed, and I was I, I couldn't move. And I knew something was critically wrong. I knew she wasn't in distress. And mm -hmm. I knew that if there was something that I could rush to the hospital and save her. That time had passed. I knew she was dead, mm. and so I just lay in bed. And as I say, I was in shock, mm. and I, I didn't know how to operate. I think on, I think subconsciously I knew she was dead, but unconsciously I didn't, or yeah. consciously I just wasn't able to register that. Yeah. So I just thought, how am I going to get through this day? How how is this going to work today? What's going to happen? This is going to be this. This could be the worst day of my life. Mm -hmm. And how am I supposed to wake up today and you're staring, face so you're that? staring at the worst day of your life before it's happened. Yeah. yeah. And and how how do I get up to meet that? So I was in bed for hours, absolutely hours, just contemplating mm -hmm. and going through what what was going to happen today. Mm -hmm. How is today going to plan mm -hmm. play out? Mm -hmm. I could go to the hospital and they'll be oh no she's fine. You know. Mm -hmm. So I wanted that. Mm. So you want to be told that you're an overreacting mother. Absolutely. Which we all hate when we're told that. But in this instance, oh. that would have been the best thing ever to hear. The best outcome of that day would have been to be told I was an overreacting mother. Mm. And to be looked a fool. I would not have cared in yep. the slightest. Mm. That would have been perfect. Because I could have gone home and, and my baby could have grown and she could have been alive, born alive. Um, but what? What ended up happening that day is very, very different. Um, what I actually did was got up and my, my partner had not flown out mm -hmm. that, that morning. He was meant to fly out the next morning, so he was still there. And I just pretended I was really sleeping and um, got the kids breakfast and got my partner to take them to school. And then I thought. And you hadn't said anything. I hadn't said anything. And I, I sort of said, "Oh, I think she, she's a bit sleepy," um, mm -hmm. but I really just avoided the subject altogether. Mm -hmm. And then um, I waited until he got back, and I said, "I think I need to go to the hospital because baby hasn't moved." The image that springs to mind for me is like a dam that you're trying to hold off from bursting that you know is coming. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah, I think I was um, preempting not mm. only my pain and sorrow, but um, yeah, you know, his as well. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's yeah. coming. It's... How do how do I? Um, 
how do I negate this where it's not only going to be the worst day of my life, but it's going to be the worst day of his life. Yeah. And um, it's something that's going to affect my children as well, my living children and my two, my two girls. Absolutely. So it's like, how do I, how do, I do this? Um, and I didn't know, didn't know how to do it at all. Um, so you went to the hospital? Yep, so. He drove you? Together. Yeah, the, the drive in to hospital, it's literally seven minutes away, but I think I can remember every single moment of that trip. Mm-hmm. And I remember just staring, I just stared out the window. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't even speak. And when we got there, um, we had rung to let them know we were okay. Yeah. And when we got there, I tried to tell them my name and what I was there for, and I, and I literally couldn't even, mm. I couldn't get the words to come out. Yeah. Um, but they they knew they they knew that I was yeah. <laughs> the person that had just run. Yeah. Um, and they took us off into a um, into a small um, small room and used the handheld mm-hmm. uh, Doppler. Mm-hmm. Listen to heartbeat. Listen to heartbeat. Try and find and try and palpate baby. Yes. Um, but as we sat there, um, as she palpated the baby, um, I knew that there was no movement because um, in all our other appointments, as soon as they touch baby, you know, she's jumping around. She's mm. like, "Hey, don't don't <laughs> boss me around. <laughs> Talk to me like that." Um, so I knew that when she was trying to feel for the positioning of baby that her usual reaction um, her personality would be to engage with that person who was banging on her on her door really. sure. <laughs> Go away. so even though the the midwife was saying oh there might be i can hear something or there's a little thing here mm-hmm. I, I knew mm-hmm. and i thought what I actually thought, which is a ridiculous thought, was I felt sorry for this poor lady. Mm. Like she's just come into work today and just wants to all the beautiful little babies and are uh, frocked up and um, mm. yeah, she's going to have to tell me some really bad news. Yeah. It's interesting that you're thinking of her and how she was going to cope <laughs> with this in amongst all <laughs> what was happening for you too. Yeah, I, as I say, you think you do strange thoughts when. Yes. yes, that is very normal. That's yeah, very it normal. could even be something where you're coping, yeah. you're trying to externalise as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so there could be that. And um, But I, I knew what she was hearing was my circulation and that's what it was because she was going, oh, this could be baby circulation, but I knew it wasn't. Um, anyway, they called the doctor and took us into one of the sort of more out-of-the-way birthing suites um, the birthing suite at the end of the hall. Oh, God. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there. No, no. No one wants to go there at all. And that's where we went. And, mm. and I knew that it was the one that was away. Oh, I knew gosh. it was that one. And um, the doctor came in. And, of course, my usual doctor was away. So otherwise she would come. Oh, timing. Yeah. So we had another. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew... I knew that he was the most senior doctor. Mm-hmm. I knew that they had called oh. that doctor in. Which is kind of dreadful in a way because you're like, they're bringing out the big guns. This yeah. is really happening. This yeah. is really, really They haven't got yeah. on, on staff, yeah. junior doctor, yeah, a training doctor. They've, they've gotten the the doctor in. So reality was just like yeah. banging through your door. Yeah. Really. Well, you're waiting for that. You're anticipating a fall. Mm. It's like. 
can't stop this from happening. This is actually happening right now. Did you feel really powerless? I felt extremely powerless. Yeah. I felt um, uh, so, so many, mm -hmm. it, it's so conflicting what you feel. I, mm -hmm. I, I can't even explain. Yeah what it is. I would say I felt numbness, mm. but I would also say I felt everything. Mm. Um, yes. So it's really difficult to, okay. to yeah. put one, mm. uh, one emotion or even two emotions onto it. It was just surreal. Yeah. It was surreal. Um, it felt like it was happening to me, but also that I was watching and that was going on. And yeah, it was just such a, you don't expect this kind of experience to be happening to you. And, and I knew enough that I knew what was going to happen mm -hmm. next well to some point I knew that they were going to confirm mm -hmm. um that she would that she was dead but I still I suppose like any it's like nah I can't they might be you know they, they might just go oh look she had a big sleep you know <laughs> again that oh you're just an anxious mother you know I, yeah. I, I still held out you know, a small would... portion of hope that that's that's, that's what would happen right to the very end. I yeah. think you would like, fight. Oh, and she's just she's so cheeky, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna get her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like you know, oh, there there'll be a story to tell her. <laughs> yeah. I remember that time you made me go to the hospital, <laughs> and they called the big doctor out. <laughs> right. You Finally. know, so I think there's still a little bit of that, but yeah. really and truly. There was no denying where this path was going. Yeah. And I, even though I wanted so desperately for it to do a U-turn and go back mm. the other way, it was not It was not going to do that. Mm. Um, the doctor came in and he sort of asked me a few questions and, and was very, was, was wonderful, absolutely wonderful, yeah. and um, put the, put the um, ultrasound on my chest mm. and... It was the not the the four or three D ones. It was just the you know the, the normal sound that they use, and so I'd I'd seen it a million times before, so I know exactly where yeah. the heartbeat is. Yeah. And as soon as he put that on my on baby, mm -hmm. there was I could see the grey lines, mm -hmm. you know, and the grey lines are not moving. Mm -hmm. There is no heartbeat there, and he didn't even need to tell me. I knew mm -hmm. I knew exactly what what that meant and where I needed to look. And, um, and he was really wonderful. He, he you know, that they, they they need to confirm. Yeah. And so he told us, he just said, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, but baby's dead. Mm -hmm. Baby's died. Um, and it's your your world collapses in that moment. It's a confirmation that the outcome that you had anticipated and that you had longed for and that you wanted so desperately. Is actually not going to happen at all, yeah. and it's also not going to happen. What's now going to happen is something that you need to deal with and you need to cope with in the immediate time. Mm -hmm. You don't have a a chance to think about it, mm -hmm. to um, go through your grief mm -hmm. um, in each particular instance. It's like this is what's happening now, and we need to move for forward with this um, with the with the birth mm -hmm. and. Um, um, yeah, get, getting getting you okay and getting baby born. Um, and, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what actually happened. Mm. So what, Why would you? I mean, yeah, absolutely. So I didn't. I, I I didn't know what to expect 
now and what that happened. So they had confirmed that the baby passed away mm-hmm. and um, they had booked a – I had to go to – you've got to go to a different ultrasound suite, so okay. uh, which I think is the more um, advanced ultrasounds mm-hmm. because they do need to have a look if there are any – Right. Um, contributing factors. Sure. So they they had a look there in the, in the suite, and he sort of said, "I can't see, can't really see anything. You know, there's no, um, mm-hmm. there's no abruptions. Mm-hmm. There's, there's sort of mm-hmm. no indicators of, of why she's why she's died. But we, you know, we need to send you over to the other, um, to what is the other side of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had in that moment, we of course we we grieved and we. Yeah. burst out into tears and I was, you know, so just distraught and mm-hmm. destroyed. And um, I do remember asking why, why, why. And, and that's like, of course they don't know why. Mm-hmm. They're trying to work out why actually. Um, so they they left left us to just um, comprehend what, yeah. what the news that had just been given to us. Um, and then we had to go over to get the extra ultrasounds done and we had someone, one of the midwives actually walked us all the way over there and I remember walking and it was like the March of the Dead. Mm. I just oh. I felt everyone, God. I could clearly see that I was in extreme distress and although I wasn't sobbing on the way there, you could see just yeah. on my face that I had, I was not a normal pregnant woman mm, through mm. through that hospital, and we got to the other the other um, ultrasound suite, which is the public ultrasound suite. So mm-hmm. the waiting room was full of people with bad knees, oh, pregnant people <laughs> coming in for their wonderful sure. um, scans that, that they have, and and here's me looking like I'd just gone ten rounds and. Like, what do they do with me? I'm sitting there waiting. The, the midwife is explaining that, you know, that we've just come across and they actually ended up, um, I'm sure they cleaned someone out of one of the offices <laughs> and put us in there. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, they should. <laughs> I, I was like, please don't make me sit with oh. other beautiful pregnant women. <laughs> that cool. And even at that stage. That would be kind of cool, really. I, I've got to be, and I was like, for me, I thought, yeah, it's not good for me. But I was also thinking, it's not good for them. It's not good for them to see this. They don't want to know. If if everything was good with me, I don't know that I'd want to see absolutely me coming in. Be very scary with this, yeah, because it's it's extremely confronting. as well, it's like that something that you don't ever want to happen. Mm. Oh my god, and there's there's the woman that it's happening to right now. It actually can happen clearly. Yeah, and and then. You know, the woman's sitting there waiting to go and get her, you know, yeah. fetal abdomen, fetal scan or like a twenty week scan or something like that, and she's got to look at yeah. me. Like she's got to look at worst case scenario. Yeah, it's not um, helpful for anyone. Not at all. So they they ushered us into the little, um, as I say, cleared cleared the doctor out and put us in there, mm-hmm. and um, we we went in and they did a lot of. Um, a lot of the more um, technical scans to try and see if there was any there was any issues or there was any contributing factors mm-hmm. um, that could, they could immediately see that would cause her passing, cause her to die. And um, no, they couldn't couldn't see anything. And they did ask us, uh, "Do you want some pictures?" 
And I said yes, but I said I couldn't look at them. Mm. So when they were doing the scan that in that whole session, I, I turned my head away. I couldn't even look. Mm. I couldn't even look at the scan at all. Mm. But I did say, yeah, I would have the pictures. And, that, mm. and they actually did um, put them in an envelope for me to take with me. Right. Um, they didn't show them to me straight away because they could see that I was not in a yeah, place to, to, yeah. to see that right now. So they gave us... They, they took those and gave us those, and then we went back over to the birthing suite, the maternity ward, back into our little room at the end, and they explained to us what what happens now because I, I don't know what happens. <laughs> what happens now? What is the what is the procedure here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they well, what actually happens is they they send you home so that you can right. um, just comprehend what's happened. Um, a little bit, not that you fully can, but just mm. to give you some time to mm. say this is what's happened today, this is what's going to happen tomorrow. And so what happened the next day is um, we went in at um, 6 o'clock. Um, we had to arrive back into the maternity ward at 6 o'clock, and I have to say I got no sleep that night. I, I was going to say, how on earth? <laughs> I will just not... actually skip those hours from when we went home sure. to to arrive the next day because yep. I, can uh, I can't well, even. Well, I can't imagine. Yeah, I just, there's no explanation for that yeah. time. And, and I actually feel like that's, um, it just felt like limbo. Yes. It felt like yes. you were waiting for, you'd already been hit by the um, by the boulder mm. and you're waiting for it to swing back and hit oh, you again the wow. next day. What an image. Like, yeah. You know, I know that today's been hard, today's been devastating, but guess what? Tomorrow. Mm going to be a whole new set of devastation for you. It's something that yeah. you can't prep yourself for. I guess that's the unique thing with a, with a pregnancy loss and a, and a stillbirth. It's it's so different to the other forms of death, I'll say, where somebody outside of you dies and mm. there's, there's sort of processes, but this this is an inside job really <laughs> and then that you need to do things here. You know, it's so unique in that way. Yeah, you, you have to be an active part of this. Yes, yes. Um, you've got yes. to actively be involved in this. So, yeah, absolutely, when it's a, a, like an older death or maybe mm. a death from a terminal illness, there's different mm. dynamics involved mm. with those. Um, and certainly uh, all types of pregnancy loss and newborn death have their own dynamics that they bring to them. But sure. in, in this instance with, with my stillbirth, yeah, I, I had no, no clue what what the procedure was, how you, how it works, mm-hmm. how you do it, but also how to cope. Mm-hmm. I had, just had no touch point to know how to cope, and that's part of what you were saying before is that you don't – there's no education in it. There's no – you don't know. It's not something that's readily talked about. It's usually massively taboo. People don't talk about it. Um, people, had, sorry, oh, people sort of get on with it, you know, like oh, yes. you might know it's happened somewhere. Or like I think I – think, Someone have did someone yeah. lose a baby or something? Yeah. But it's not really discussed in any no. way no. or in any detail. Yeah. Um, so it's usually yeah very much skirted across. Sure. Um, so yeah, we went in um, six o'clock the next day, and of course I didn't know what to expect, and I because I had gone through two births already, mm. um, and I was very very lucky. I had. Two natural births, yep. not not a lot of pain meds, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, births are different for for every every parent, mm-hmm. and I'll, um, I was very thankful for having two beautiful births. And so, mm-hmm. 
I would I sort of well I've only got that to reflect mm. on so mm. I kind of think it will be something similar then if that's what my body does mm. um I was I thought we would go in at six and baby would be born sometime that morning because yeah. my labors aren't particularly long yeah. um but what I didn't anticipate was that your baby your body's not actually ready to give birth so baby's died but your body is not actually ready to give birth mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. so what needs to happen is you need to be um, your body needs to get ready mm-hmm. for, for giving birth so there's a really long process of prepping your body Jeez. for birth before you go into labor so um, there's inductions and, and all that sort of stuff that happens and then there's waiting because it's not like you've gone into preterm labour or labour mm. and your body's already yes. um, getting kind itself of. going. It's literally we arrived at 6 and it uh, and Claudia was born at 10.30pm that night. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And my active labour with her was only the last hour wow. of that. So that whole time was getting my body prepped to actually mm-hmm. get ready. To, to get it ready enough to give birth. Yeah, right. in, a, in a very artificial way, really, you're having to bring on something that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I knew that that's what had to happen, so I had sure. no issues with, with that um, happening. Sure. And I was... Um, actually, one of the things that I said is that um, when I've birthed all my babies, they've mm-hmm. come straight out and I, and I hold them. Mm-hmm. I get my hands on them as soon as I can yeah. and I bring them up and them on you know so it's skin to skin Mm -hmm. and I was really adamant that I wanted her to have that same experience even though she was dead Mm -hmm. I wanted her to be born like a normal baby Mm -hmm. like my normal baby Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. everyone has different births as I say Mm -hmm. for me my normal was to have have a certain um, things happen I really wanted to have her straight up onto me skin to skin Mm -hmm. I wanted to see her straight Mm -hmm. away and I was really lucky that we were able to do that, um, yeah. but I, I was really nervous um, at one point. <laughs> I was nervous the whole time, but yeah. um, and I was bursting into tears the whole time. But one particular moment that I remember was that I got re- when oh, so we'd gone through the prep and active labour had started, mm. and it was like it was sort of bringing it into reality again. Mm. I suppose for mm. the last couple of hours, I could just phase out a little bit maybe yeah. uh, if you, as much as you can in that situation but when active labor started it's like oh no this is mm. this is that moment mm. and um, again my anxieties peaked up and I said to the doctor who was the same doctor that had delivered the news to us the day before um, I said oh, I'm I'm so anxious about what she's going to look like is mm. she going to be is she going to look mm. like a baby mm. I didn't know um, and I, I just got it in my head that what, what, what would she look like? I don't mm. know. Is she going to be um, purple or is she sure. going to have, yep. like, is this, what's her skin going to look like? Is it going to be um, disintegrated a little bit? Like mm. I just don't know. Is she mm. going to look normal? Is she going to look proper? Or is she going to come out a little bit um, deformed or, or something like that? And, um, and I'll just always remember what he said to me. He looked me straight in the face and said, the most heartbreaking thing is that your baby is going to look completely normal. And it just it just killed me. Oh and there's nothing else he could have said. 
and in fact what it was actually a really beautiful thing to say um, because what it did is it took all my it took my anxieties away yes it was heartbreaking and it's oh, I can't even describe that, that kind of that kind of depth of emotion but it did help alleviate my anxieties in, in a little bit in that sense in terms of what she would look like and it helped switch my mind a little bit to go she is going to be beautiful mm. that's right she's she's going to be out she's going to be beautiful I've got to remember that I've got to not remember that she's not that you can forget but I've got to I've got to look past that she's dead yeah. I've got to see her as the beautiful baby that she is and that she will be so as devastating as that was to to hear it was actually mm. it was actually quite a good thing to to hear at that time and so as I say we had um mm-hmm active labour for probably about an hour um, and Claudia was born at about 10.30 mm-hmm. and um, she was born naturally mm-hmm. um, as the others had been and when she was born all the midwives, oh she's here, <laughs> you know, like there was that there was that moment of birth where they celebrated it like it was a live birth yeah. and that was wonderful. It was nice. like, oh, she's yeah. you know, and, yeah. and straight up, and they were like straight up onto mum's chest. And, and yeah. So I was so lucky I got to grab her and hold her. And in that, in that moment, you're a mum. Mm. I'm her mum. And it solidifies. Mm. No one can tell me I am not this child's mother, mm. and I love her more than anything you know it it doesn't matter if she's alive it doesn't matter if she's dead she is mine and she's beautiful and I've got her in my arms Mm -hmm. and that that's what I felt I felt blessed that she was there I just was so happy to see her Mm -hmm. and she was beautiful you know she was stunningly beautiful um she was perfect she was yeah absolutely perfect and there, there is a and when she came out, and I know this sounds really stupid, but um, she was warm. Of course, she'd be warm. Like, She's inside uh, your body. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's that. But that sounds like that was surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you think of death. And yes. That, yeah. And and dying as as a coldness. Yeah. You know, and and I, <laughs> whatever reason, when and she wished she was beautiful and warm, it was like, oh, she's she's warm. Mm-hmm. She's warm. You know, mm-hmm. it's just. Oh, so so wonderful I couldn't get enough of her mm-hmm. and then there is that realization that there's no scream coming mm-hmm. you know there is no scream coming there is no um, little baby hands trying to try, trying to get to to some milk there's there's none of that she will never open her eyes and even as you're looking at her mm-hmm. I was thinking God just take a breath you know mm-hmm. God surprise us all that be that kid go on let's do that because <laughs> as freaky as that situation is who's to say there's not other freaky situations where they take a breath it's like the mind scrambling desperately you're always trying to look for um, a way out yes. of what you're in yes of course yeah. very human it's, it's wishful thinking yeah. absolutely it, it doesn't mean that you don't think it of course i think that's incredibly normal and it, our minds have to do that they have to make sense yeah. of horrific situations it's like in every um hurdle it's like please just just give me that little outlet yeah. just give me oh no you're not giving me this for that one okay so what's the next one mm-hmm. but that could happen no that's not gonna happen 
Mm-hmm. And so every step you go along, you're like, but there could be that little glimmer of hope. No, okay, there's not that one. Or maybe in the next one. So even at her birth, it's like, God, just take a little breath. Just, just open your eyes. <laughs> no, no. You know, you do consciously know that that's not what's going to happen, but it doesn't stop you yeah. yearning for, yeah. that, for that outcome. Um, so she was, oh, she just was so beautiful. And she was, you know, she was third trimester. She's a big baby. And I think that that's what um, I felt as well. Mm. I felt, it felt like a waste. It's like, but she could have been Mm. alive. Like Mm. she's, they wouldn't have even, I've seen babies way smaller than her. She's a big baby. She's a healthy big baby. There's nothing wrong with her. And yet she's just not, what what happened? Did you end up finding out what happened? We didn't end up finding out what happened. Mm. Um, In 60% of, all stillbirths, mm. uh, they are unexplained. Wow. Um, 60%. Yeah. And, and that's got a lot to do with the lack of research in the area. I see. Um, when, but when you're in there and um, having that experience, you're not particularly worried about research factors yeah. or, or giving your baby or your body or your placenta to mm-hmm. further research. You're mm-hmm. just thinking in that moment, um, I need to do what's best for my baby mm. and... I don't, she's already gone through enough. To me, personally, that's what I was thinking. It's like she's gone through enough. Mm. I don't want her to go to autopsy. Mm. I don't want people yeah. being in and around her poking, yeah. you know. I, yeah. I just need her to be, I need her to be as I, as I remember her. Mm. Um, so that's that's the decision that, that we made. Um, so they, they ask you if about an autopsy or about you're, anything? Do yeah, they... you're... They do take samples and stuff, I right. think, um, just as a uh, process right. when when that outcome happens. But if you um, think that there are genetic factors involved or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that or you think that there could be an explanation for and, and decide to have an autopsy, then that will be um, yeah. op- an option for you to take, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But we chose not to have that, that yeah. option. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when, so, so when she was born and we had all of those and the midwife was taking photos and everything for us, which was just brilliant, um, even though we hadn't particularly asked and um, but it, it was fine. And, um, and I was speaking to her body being warm mm-hmm. and, and just beautiful. And so she, when she was up on my chest and, and, and she was just so warm, I do remember her losing her warmth you know, and, and that was I, I can't explain again one of those things that you can't explain what that experience actually feels like mm-hmm. to be to be to pull your baby up onto your chest and into your arms and to have them to have that warmth to have that that whole you know to be able to hold them so close it's like mm-hmm. you just feel like well cut, cut my heart just jump into hers mm-hmm. you know that's all it takes we're, we're so connected that mm-hmm. would be that would be no problem at all. That shouldn't, shouldn't be able to do that. And then to have that slow realisation and that slow bodily feeling of of her getting colder than my body temperature was like, well, no. No, she isn't going to take a breath. No, she isn't going to open her eyes. I'm never going to see what colour her eyes are. Mm. This is, this is, there is no escape plan. This is real. Yeah, there is no other path that's going to crop up. This is what this is what's happening. 
it's, it sounds like in a way there's so many in amongst a death. There's lots of these little deaths along the way of, mm. of the realisation and then the, the actual birth and then the, the fading of the temperature, the cooling, you know. And it's like there's, there's sort of more layers each each hour or each day or yeah. that just keep on coming. Yeah, way. it's interesting because um, so uh, subsequently, you know, people will say, oh, oh, you know, that it's the anniversary of her birth and her death today. And I will sort of um, say, well, what really happened was she actually died on this day. We got the diagnosis the next day. We got confirmation that day of her death. And then this is the day that we had to go home and this is the day that we had to go in for her birth. Um, this is the time she was actually born. This is the time that we went back into the ward. Mm -hmm. This was the time we saw her the last time. Mm -hmm. This was the day that she went to the morgue. Mm -hmm. This is the day we arranged her funeral. This is the day her funeral actually was. So it's not just one. Yeah. It's not just that day. Yeah. It's not just the day of her her birth. Yeah. Um, and especially in a, a stillbirth, it's like she actually died mm -hmm. the, the previous day. So death is before life. Um, but then there's all of those extra factors. It's like, well, it's, you know, as I say, you know, her funeral mm -hmm. is the day that, we let her body go to the morgue. Mm. All of those little little losses that, that mm -hmm. go on, and um, they all they're all heartbreaking. Like mm -hmm. there's none, none of them are easy. They're all their own trauma yes. in, in a way. Yes. And what I felt at the time was, I'm not past the first trauma to, coming, to get on to the next one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Over being in bed and not feeling her move yeah. before you've confirmed she's dead, yeah. before I've got to come in the next day, before I've got to mm -hmm. have my only night with her, before I've got to make the memories with her, mm -hmm. before I've got to take her down to the morgue and see her go and say goodbye for the last time, mm -hmm. before I've got to arrange her funeral, before I've got to go to her funeral. It, it's, oh it just God. seemed like it was... It's too much for the mind to comprehend almost. Mm. And you don't you, you don't get over one mm. aspect of it before you've got to be involved in the next aspect. And that's what I came to realise very quickly. It's like I, can't, I actually can't control how this is coming. Mm. But I can I can understand that I don't have to have <laughs> dealt with the, the, the previous trauma before I have to deal with another one. I just have to be here right. now in this experience and um, yeah. clearly this is an experience that's going to reverberate throughout my entire life as I'm going forward. I don't need to have it solved right now. I don't need to cope with it right now. I just need to be in the experience right now and that's and that that was what helped me in that experience yeah. to go, yeah. I actually can't, I, I can't cope with this. Yeah. I'm going to leave the coping till later. Yeah. I'll just need to be here and yeah. do this right now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we did. Is that... In speaking to other women who've gone through the same experience, is that, I mean, because that sounds like it was very helpful for you, is that mm. something that they, some women have been able to do or other women not? Or is it, I suppose it's very unique to each yeah. woman, each family. Yeah, each, each experience is, is its own experience. And, um, you know, in, in terms of my experience uh, with the stillbirth, it was, there was no trauma or there was no mm. sense of, urgency I've got to do something now that can save her right. or there's no um, a question of 
if we get her out quickly, she'll still be alive or that she's been, um, that yeah. baby's been sent to NICU and then you don't know yeah. what's going on there. So each experience of child death is unique unto itself mm -hmm. and we do often hear a lot of similarities in stories, but the similarities are not in, uh, yes, in the experience, but in the emotion as well. Right, right. So they will speak to, I felt so isolated. Mm -hmm. I felt like no one knew, no one understood what was going on with me and, and I didn't know how to cope. I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So we get a lot, we do hear a lot of that, mm -hmm. of, of the loss and mm -hmm. the death bringing out um, those sets of emotions and a lot of uh, even the emotions that maybe you didn't go through. So maybe I didn't go through anger. I didn't go through um, you know, desperation or anything like that. But that's not to say it is not completely normal yeah. for another woman to have that reaction. That's it. It's all about your personality. Yeah. You know, everyone is different mm -hmm. and when you're mm -hmm. stacked up against something that an experience that you haven't thought was coming, that mm. you have no mm. idea what what it involves, then you don't know it, how you'll... you just don't know how you'll react. Yeah. And so if if someone has a reaction that, you know, it, it would be completely different to mine, mm. but I absolutely understand it. It's yep. like, I can understand how you would be so angry. Yeah. You'd be so angry and, mm. and you'd be so devastated about this and about that. Mm. Um, it doesn't pertain to my experience. But I get it. Yeah. I really get it. Yeah. And that would be, I think it's just so important to, for other women to feel got. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard to be, I think, as we were talking about this kind of loss earlier where you, it's not talked about. Mm. Why do you think that is? Oh, it's got such a stigma around it. Mm. Um, people don't want to really get into it. It's a really confronting loss. It's yes. a really difficult loss to speak to. And people don't know what to say. Yeah. Did you find that in your life? After oh, absolutely. That your family and friends were at a loss about what to... Even even the ones that had had loss were unsure about what to, to say or something like that. But it's, it's certainly um, um, when you go back into your normal routines and existence, mm. so whether that's going back to work, going back to school grounds for pickups and drop-offs or mm. however it is that you integrate yourself back into your um, your, your life it comes up all the time mm. and, and people's reactions to it um, it's, it's so varied so so very varied and people will say oh just yeah uh, there must it oh there must have been something wrong with baby or right. you know maybe baby oh, I think someone said to me oh maybe baby would have died young so it's better for them to die now what were some things that were were useful or helpful or comforting or something better than that yeah I think um anything that I, I think I'll ask for this and I don't say <laughs> say something that comes from your place of compassion mm. Don't um, you don't have to make it better. Yeah. You don't have to fix it. Yeah. You just have to say something like, "I am so sorry that you are experiencing that right now," mm -hmm. or even just say, "I don't know what to say." Yeah, I Absolutely. do not know what to say. Yeah. Um, is you're validating mm. that something's happened, so you're not just ignoring it, which happens all the time as well. Wow. Wow. People will just go, put a wall up, and just pretend that that didn't happen. Mm. 
um, but you, there needs to be some yeah. validation that that the experience has happened. But yeah, don't try and fix it. Mm. Don't yeah. try and fix it at all. You can't. Yeah. So it sounds like having that human connection really, and just yeah, you, you kind of have to go there with that person, in, even yeah. if it's for thirty seconds of, of validation and being with, rather than nothing at all or some horrible, horrible, almost offensive, you know, and, and I guess like you said, people don't know how to deal with these confronting subjects with grief, with death, let alone the death of a baby. I mean, it, it's right up there in terms of, you know, what the mind can kind of, I don't know, cope with or. Yeah, it's one of those deaths that you don't, you don't want to know about. Yeah, absolutely. People don't want to know about it. Yeah. If you can say something that, um, as I say, validates the person's experience, um, even like I'm sorry, yeah. it's, it's fine. Um, but give them space to, not, not in terms of physical space, but mm -hmm. emotional space. Let them know that if they want to talk about it, if they want to speak to it, that you're there mm -hmm. to, to do that. But um, you don't need to push it onto them. You don't need to remind them. Mm -hmm. you, know, you bringing up, you know, how, how, are you, how are you today? That's not going to be offensive to them. That's not going to remind them that their baby's right. dead. They already know. They're pretty aware. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty much aware that that's what's happened. And um, sometimes we do feel that other people are um, not speaking to it because they don't want to bring it up. Yes. You know, they don't want to make you feel any worse. Mm. Maybe you, you <laughs> can't make you feel worse. <laughs> not possible. Yeah, and in fact, you asking if I'm okay or do you want me to get your coffee or something, just that Simple. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's quite validating mm. to, to hear that. Um, what, what else, I'm just mindful of the time, unfortunately, but what else in terms of uh, use and helpfulness uh, and, sort of, and giving you space or not giving you space, like practically what, what was helpful, what have other women as well report or families the reporters being I don't know I don't even know what the word is you know helpful doesn't sound quite right but in those first few you know days and weeks months and years down the track it's an ongoing um, journey in itself grief absolutely yeah no that's okay <laughs> we do have a little thing of what's going on ah beautiful I'm trying to go is that is that from <laughs> Sans? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we provide um, peer support. Yes. Uh, um, yes. So that's uh, in Perth, but Sans is all over Australia. Sans so. is a national based organisation, mm -hmm. and we're a peer support organisation. So um, what happens is we have a national line, a twenty four seven national line. Oh, so at any time you can call, and when you call the person on the other end of the phone is a bereaved parent themselves right they um have had an experience that means that they can empathize and sympathize and understand mm -hmm. what the complex emotions are around um, pregnancy loss and child death mm -hmm. and um we have so we have the 24-hour line we have um, group face-to-face -face meetings yeah. Um, which we're getting back to here in Perth, thankfully, with the COVID restrictions easing a little bit. Um, but we do also have a lot of online. We had to move it all online mm -hmm. for COVID, and we actually found that it's a really wonderful way to bring a lot of um, 
to bring everyone in, so people that are in remote communities yeah. and things like that that don't actually have access to being able to come in face-to-face. Yeah. Um, we found that the online is capturing that as well, which has been something that's um, really – we weren't expecting that. It's like, oh, yeah, but of course they, yeah. they can. <laughs> um, it's, it, so it's been really wonderful and we have – we've been able to um, – you know, because we sort of have that umbrella term of pregnancy loss, stillbirth, newborn deaths, but there's all of those integrated mm. losses that mm. are in that. Um, and sometimes it's nice uh, or it can be um, quite useful in terms of healing and, and, and listening to other people's mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. if the stories have a very have a similar vein. Mm. So we are able to offer um, support groups that are focused on stillbirth, mm-hmm that are focused on newborn death mm-hmm. or that are focused on men's, um, men's yes, health, absolutely. focused on medically advised terminations, mm-hmm. uh, that are focused on early pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. So in, in Australia, uh, an early pregnancy loss or a miscarriage is deemed at 20 weeks or 400 grams. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a very uh, – but we also have our standard um, face-to-faces where, where sure. you can uh, – we include all, all loss right. in, in those groups. Um, so it's really up to the, the person, the mm-hmm. family, the woman, the husband, if they want to come to a specific loss, if they find that that's what's going to be helpful, mm-hmm. or if they want to come to a general okay. meeting and, and, and speak in, the, in that group or mm-hmm. listen to the stories in that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you say it's really important in the kind of healing process or again is that up to the individual person whether they want to access stuff or not or wait or not I I think the really important thing is to actually know you can access it right it's there it's it's there and you can access it if you want to if it's what's going to be helpful for you everybody will process things differently and and some people have different support to others as well so some people might have Mm. that family and friends Mm. which will give them that adequate support that they need and they may not want Mm -hmm. to go externally for that for that support they may find that support is there for them Um, but then we have people that have had beautiful adequate support from the people around them and they they but they would still like the support of of, of hearing those other stories of a place where the parents can come together and and what we find is what I really I really find to that that parent to parent peer to peer support is that mm. you can speak about your loss and about your journey and you don't have to sugarcoat it mm. you don't have to pretend that it all ended up happy or that you're not yeah. still devastated by it or that you're not still have questions about mm. about what happened and you're still completely confused. Mm-hmm. And, or, or you don't have to explain why after so many years, this yeah. year, you're still really upset about it. Yeah. It's like we, we get it. Yeah. We get it. You do not have to explain anything. We understand completely because mm-hmm. we're all in the same boat and that's the beauty of having that peer, yes. peer-to-peer support. Yes. Um, it's just... You don't have to justify anything. No, no. Yeah. And, and it also makes you feel less isolated. Mm. You know, there's that... You can have support from others, and it can be wonderful. And then, but then you can have someone who, who knows they yeah. they can speak to their own experiences, and you can talk. Yeah. You can talk about it, and in a way that it's, um, it, it's it's really so helpful and so healing mm-hmm. to to know that you're not alone yeah. in that experience. That's what I think has been helpful for not just me personally, yeah, yeah. but for a lot of the women that we that we get in, yeah. the families that we get in, yeah. just to know that they're. There are others out there that are dealing with the exact same thing that we 
dealing with it and they are just trying to cope day by day. Like you. Yeah. 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 It's so powerful. I think that's such a good point that whilst you might have really good support generally in your 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 family or your friends, there's there's something unique about connecting with someone who's gone through the same or very, very similar. There's kind of this soul understanding of the grief and the the emotion and the physical experience like that that and that's just the way it is i think with everything in life you know we can understand to a degree but unless we've gone through something ourselves that's not right or wrong it just it is what it is you've been sort of chucked into this club that nobody wants to join <laughs> and only someone who is also in that club knows what it's like to be in that damn club yeah it's it's the experience it is um, the oh. connection of lived experience that, yeah. that is really so um, it, it's just so so supportive mm. yeah. we're gonna have to finish up what I was thinking though in we have show notes that we put um, we type up underneath the podcast link and stuff like that so in the show notes I will definitely put the sands information but also what you were going to talk about in terms of what's helpful to say or oh, yeah. <laughs> not helpful to say unless you want to briefly do you want to briefly talk to that or um, yeah may, you may as well yeah but I'll also put that in because I think this is really important I'm kind of chuckling about it but I'm like yeah I think that's really important you know for for people around that that woman going through that or that family I will actually send send you because the ones I love uh, are yeah. for so this is from the professionals uh, talk the other day. Oh, so wow. So you go and talk to um, Yeah, yeah. So when, um, you know, we talk about that, that care that, that I... That, yes. That, like, when the doctor said to me, your baby's going to be beautiful. Yes. And although that's crushing, it was actually a really wonderful thing to say. Yes. So sometimes it, your primary carer yeah. in, that, in that moment of, of your crisis or your mm. trauma is, mm. you know, it's the midwife, it's the doctor, it's that person. And you actually remember pretty much a lot of things that happen at that time. Mm, mm, um, mm. And so it's helpful if we can go in and, and just reiterate and, and let let them know mm-hmm. from the people that we speak to that have had that lived experience what was actually really helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what they heard is and what they heard that was helpful and what they heard that maybe wasn't helpful. Mm, mm. Um, and that's giving them feedback. Mm that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. Mm. Which I, I, would, I would hope they would find that incredibly useful and valuable because mm. I'm sure they want to be doing, they're in a caring profession, they want to Absolutely. be supporting that person as best they can, but they yeah. might be bumbling around the dark verbally speaking. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times they just want to, um, they, they just want to know what they're doing is the right thing and, and sometimes they sort of second guess themselves. A lot wow. of the really compassionate, um, beautiful yeah midwives and doctors and doulas that you have yeah. they're like oh you know I, I was really I was really sad as well and, and I didn't want to mm. be too sad in front of them and we'll oh. say no actually they're experiencing this mum and dad are experiencing this but you're experiencing it as well mm. this is what you're this is what you're in with the moment with them mm. and you can be sad as long as your sadness doesn't overtake mum, mum and dad's sadness yes but you're absolutely allowed to shed some tears mm. and go oh this is an experience that we're all going through. Um, mm-hmm. That that is not a bad thing. That they're not being unprofessional with yeah. that kind of response. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes uh, those sweet. little things that like they might say, oh, I, 
I won't I won't cry or go elsewhere. It's like, yeah. oh, actually that's okay because you're validating mm. that mum and that experience that she's having and that it's not just she's not just overreacting. Is it really it is as bad as really, it, you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's very powerful, I think, to be joined in that kind of humanness yeah. of kind of this horrific Talking about the medical things around, um, we talk a lot about that we want the, the um, want baby to be treated like a live baby, and and how important that is for for mum and dad to see that mm. their their baby is beautiful, that what however condition baby is, mm. and when in my experience when I was I had given birth and um, I'd actually. Um, I'd actually passed out. I'd actually fainted. Wow. Um, that's uh, trying to get up from the bed, and um, they put me back in bed. And I was just—I I woke up, and it was just the midwife. One of the other midwives was just, you know, sort of you know, in the corner doing some bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And there was one midwife who was—she had us back slightly towards me, um, but she 100% did not know I was awake. Mm-hmm. And I opened my eyes, and I saw this wonderful, wonderful midwife holding Claudia in her arms and she was sitting there and she held her right up to her face and she was giving her little kisses on the nose and she was going, aren't you so beautiful? Oh, look at your hair, look at your nose, you know, and she was talking to her and like she was like, I cannot tell you how that made me feel. Mm -hmm. That just made me feel like somebody is acknowledging my baby is a baby, Mm -hmm. not a dead baby. Yes. Yeah. It's a baby, yeah. and I, I, just, I, I didn't let them know I was awake. I just wanted to sit and watch yeah. that for a moment because I knew that that was really special. I knew that there was something that I needed to see yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! So many experiences <laughs> in a monster giant experience. <laughs> How beautiful! Thank you so much for being so generous in coming on today and talking about this. I really, we really do appreciate especially talking about something that is so said taboo and, and hidden and people don't know what to say and nobody thinks something like this is going to happen but it does so thank it you does. so much Till. not a problem thank you so much Melanie. you're welcome to The Hidden World of Women, the podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube by looking up Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. You can also find us at our website www.whws.org.au. Bye.